Hey guys, what's going on? My name is Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for being here with us. This is the Thrive Bites podcast, and welcome to season five. Here we talk about three things, plant-powered living, enhancing emotional resilience, and creating a thriving mindset. And I interview the most passionate guests here, ranging from physicians to coaches to dietitians to entrepreneurs. And my hope is to give you really informative and high-valued conversations. So please Follow us here on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and wherever you hear your podcasts. Come on in, and I can't wait to see you inside. Hey guys, uh, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites. Um, thank you so much for showing up. Um, I am on this episode with Dr. Sitar uh, Tabodi, and uh, she is uh, a family nurse practitioner, um, but she specializes in POTS and autoimmune um, you know, conditions. And we take a deeper dive into what that is, um, her personal firsthand experience with these uh, conditions, and what that, what that meant to her um, personally and professionally. We go into you know, a deeper dive into what autoimmunity is, um, you know, from different angles, um, applying different types of modalities and how we can get back uh, to a more aligned uh, health um, and well-being for ourselves. So you don't want to miss this. Um, if you know anyone that battles with an autoimmune condition, um, you know, please uh, share share this with them. So and uh, stay tuned. Okay, guys. Well, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for being here with us. You could be anywhere in the world, and you decided to share a few moments to be here with us, and I am very thankful for that. So I have a great session for you guys today. Um, my guest for today is uh, Dr. Sitar Tabodi. Hopefully I got that right. She can correct me. Um, her journey started out as a, oh no, her current journey started out, um, you know, as a, uh, nursing, uh, in the field of nursing. Uh, she is currently a holistic and integrative nurse practitioner. And that journey started in 2012. Um, and she was working in the ICU and busying, um, you know, taking care of critically, you know, ill patients. And she herself has uh, a firsthand experience uh, with uh, her own health issues that she's going to explore. And then in 2021, she's graduated with a doctorate in nursing, and she is a family nurse practitioner, uh, has a degree in it. And she is working in the primary care settings and helping to prevent and reverse chronic disease. And she has so many different modalities and skill sets under her belt. And I can't wait to unpack and dive deeper with that. And uh, without further ado, please welcome Dr. Sitar. Hello. Hi, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, Everything is white. This It's very immaculate. Do you, oh. like to, like, do you like to like Marie Kondo everything or? You, you know, know, actually, um, this is, I just moved into this house like, a, like maybe less than a year ago and I haven't had time to decorate. So... <laughs> Oh, it's just unmoved. Okay, so we have yet yeah, to I'm see whether. Yeah, I'm a very whether... colorful person. So yeah, this is not this is not it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Where's the color? Everything is just like." Yeah. <laughs> um. So number one, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I really appreciate it, and I think we were talking a little bit offline. The magic, you know, the positive magic of social media, and not knowing how it comes about, but you know, it, we know that we kind of connected and we loved each other's, uh, you know, backgrounds and journeys um, professionally. And I was like, wow, you know, great energy 
I want to understand and hear about, and I want to share with my audiences, um, you know, more about what you do. So, um, so number one, thank you. Uh, where are you calling from? Reno, Nevada. All right. I did, um, when I started off as a trialing physician, I did start my first work assignment in North Vegas. Um, mm-hmm. I was working with the Paiute tribe oh. and never had a chance to go to, um, you know, to Reno. So, um, but I heard, it's, I heard it's lovely. Is it, is it lovely? Um, I mean, the, the location is amazing. Cause we're right next to Lake Tahoe. We're in the mountains, but the city itself, you could, you could pass. <laughs> Nothing ever starts out good when you say, um, <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, let's go into your origin story. I love, you know, understanding how people arrive from point A to point B, you know, your, um, you know, your professional journey has been in nursing, right? And mm-hmm. I don't think now that I think about it, I don't think I've ever had a, uh, a nurse practitioner or someone that's achieved the most, you know, most education, you know, in nursing on my show. So I'm very, very grateful. But how did that, how did that begin for you? Why did you decide to get onto that journey? Um, so I think, I, I truly believe that I was like born to be a nurse. I loved caring for people. And um, I have like immigrant parents. So of course, all of them want you to be like a doctor or a lawyer, engineer. And I was a really good student. And my parents were really pressuring me to go into medicine. But I think just deep down, I always knew that nursing was it for me. I really liked medicine. And I also liked really being with people and being connected with people. So it just kind of seemed like the best fit. Um, so um, ever since I was in high school, I just knew that I wanted to be a nurse. And then um, whenever I um, graduated high school, I went into um, my bachelor's degree and got a four-year degree, a bachelor's degree in nursing. And then straight out of um, nursing school, I got a job in the ICU um, and I took care of critically ill trauma patients. And it was like the most invigorating experience of my life. I just got to go to work every day and help save lives. So I really enjoyed doing that. Um, but about a year into my nursing career, I got a food poisoning incident that triggered a host of autoimmune conditions. I developed, um, Hashimoto's thyroiditis. I developed, um, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome or POTS. I developed small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, um, food sensitivities, eczema, chronic fatigue, just like the works. And I was previously healthy my entire life. And of course, you know, I went to conventional providers first and I wasn't they weren't really able to do anything for me. I was just put on, you know, medications and I still really wasn't getting any better. And I think the thing that frustrated me was um, every day I went to work, I would see people recover from like the most insane injuries. Like there would be people who were like, you know, hit run over by a semi truck. And then four weeks later, they'd be walking again. And I'd go to work and I'd see, I was like, okay, if they can recover from that, I could recover from this. I just have to figure out how. And I just really wasn't willing to accept being sick the rest of my life. Mm. Um, So then I, um, you know, kind of out of desperation because I wasn't really getting any better. I started looking into alternative medicine. So, you know, I did acupuncture, traditional Chinese medicine. I did Ayurveda and homeopathy and did all the things. And I did get some relief, but I still really wasn't getting that much better. And then eventually, after several years of trial and error and spending thousands of dollars on different practitioners and different modalities, I came across functional medicine and um, I was able to get some relief from there. But 
Um, you know, and after years and years of like implementing these like really strict diets and spending thousands of dollars on supplements, I still really wasn't feeling like myself. And I was still dependent on medications. I was still on thyroid medications and steroids and things like that. And um, for me, like the biggest turning point was I knew that I felt different based on the foods that I ate. So I just knew that food was going to heal me, but I just didn't know what foods were. So I kind of went on this like nutritional protocol, like experimentation. So I tried like every nutritional protocol that existed, like the GAPS diet, the autoimmune diet, the vegan diet, the keto diet, just all the diets that existed. I tried all of them, but it wasn't um, until I came across the plant-based diet that I was really able to get results. And it was specifically as a low fat plant-based diet. And, um, so I started implementing that and I started implementing more like um, herbs and kind of large doses of vitamins. And within six months, I was able to wean off of all my medications. Mm-hmm. And it was truly this like, just like this most like, it was just the most like amazing feeling to know that I could like heal myself and things like that. And then, um, so yeah, so then, you know, around this time, I was really passionate about helping people prevent inverse chronic disease. I was, I worked in the intensive care unit for nine years and I also did the travel nurse thing. And, you know, I traveled all over the country, did all the fun things, but it's just exhausting. It's not good for your mental, physical, emotional health. And now that I was able to heal, um, you know, chronic illness with natural means, I really wanted to kind of help people do that. And I thought my next step was working as a primary care provider. I thought that, you know, maybe in the primary care setting, I can, um, you know, give some nutrition advice and things like that. But then as I'm doing my training, it became very clear that that was not, I was not capable of doing that, especially when I only had like 10 minutes with each patient. Mm -hmm. So then, um, I um, graduated with my nurse practitioner degree and I just took some time off. I passed my boards and all the things. And then I just kind of like looked at my life and tried to figure out like what I really wanted to do and not what I should do. Um, Unfortunately with, I mean, the one good thing that came out of the pandemic was telemedicine became very popular. So I was like, okay, like how can I figure out how to help people via telemedicine? So then I took all these courses online and had to start your own like virtual health practice. So then I did that. So here I am. Several months. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's been great. And, you know, people ask me like, oh, like, do you think like, um, you know, your time in conventional medicine, like, does that, was that like a waste of your time? And I say, absolutely not. Like I learned so much. I am constantly telling people like, you know, what lab, you know, what I think they should be doing, what diagnosis I think they should have and things like that. So I think, yeah, it's been, it's been a journey, but yeah, I think it's just been, I think my journey kind of highlights how, how important it is that we, we really just need both. Like we really need conventional medicine. Like we do so many good things in conventional medicine. I think sometimes people forget that. Like we're so incredible at trauma and emergency cases and surgeries and things like that. We're just not really good with chronic illness. Um, but yeah, it's kind of nice to have like a kind of like a bigger toolbox now and how to help people kind of heal. No, that's, that's awesome. Um, and I thank you, you know, for sharing your journey, uh, your personal journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first question naturally that comes from, you know, you sharing that is, you know, how do you feel? How's your energy level? You know, what were the things that you couldn't do and what um, are the things that you've been able to kind of get back to doing? Um, this is a great question. So there, I mean, I was bed bound for several months at um, certain points in my healing journey. So um, just like being able to like walk to the mailbox was like huge for me. Um, but now it's like, now I go to Yosemite and hike for nine hours and 
I'm fine. <laughs> so, and it makes you like want to cry because it's just like, oh my gosh, like I, these were things I thought that I was probably never going to be able to do, right? Because whenever you're sick and you're in the thick of it, you lose a lot of hope, right? So I think, you know, I, I have this like constant state of gratitude for like what my body's able to do now and things like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, we were talking offline, you know, my story about my mom and how she's, you know, grounded me in terms of, you know, just this holistic approach to, you know, people and to health. And, um, you know, you definitely need it's, I went through my journey of, you know, I, I followed integrative docs, I got off of dairy in 2009. You know, I, I you know, followed functional medicine docs, natural paths, you know, um, homeopathy, things like that. And similar you know, you find what resonates, you know, with you. It, it doesn't mean that neither mo any of these modalities are better or worse. You know, it's more about collecting tools in this toolbox and figuring out what do you need for yourself, whether you're a provider that uses these tools as a service, because there's so many practitioners are looking to add more to the armamentarium or as a patient, you know, why not, you know, try, you know, different, you know, different things, of course, in a safe, um, informed, you know, uh, manner. Right. Um, and so I think it's great that you've, uh, you know, kind of like myself have taken, you know, also detours, but yours is more of a, you know, health wise, you know, type of pathway. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. No, it's pleasure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and kind of like, you know, in order to know where, in order to know where to go, you kind of have to kind of stumble a little bit. So, um, so I want to get to what the core of what you do, right? That you've experienced, you know, POTS, you've experienced different types of autoimmune. I want to kind of get into the brunt of it, right? For someone that doesn't uh, know or doesn't have their own personal lived experience, or they do know they have a loved one that have experienced uh, this before. Can you explain what that is? What is, you know, having an autoimmune condition, you know, like what is POTS, you know, as an example? Um, so POTS um, is actually really poorly understood in conventional medicine. I think it's now kind of getting more traction because unfortunately people are, are developing POTS um, after um, COVID or the vaccine. Um, but basically POTS stands for postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. And I think I read somewhere it takes about the average time it takes to get a diagnosis is like five years because simply a lot of providers are just not like well-rounded in it. And so I think, and especially it affects a lot of women. So I think when you get a healthy looking 25 year old coming into your office, complaining of like about chest palpitations or shortness of breath and fatigue, you just say, Oh, I think a lot of providers like kind of gaslight them and say, you know, it's probably just, you're just having a panic attack or you're just anxious. But basically, um, POTS or postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome is a form of dysautonomia. Um, and basically, um, it affects the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve, as you know, is responsible for things like our heart rate and our blood pressure control, um, digestion and things like that. So whenever the vagus nerve is um, experiencing just some dysfunction, it causes people to um, experience erratic heart rates and blood pressures. So for me, my blood pressure would drop suddenly and I would have syncopal episodes mm. and I would pass out. Um, some, and then some people present differently. Some people have um, high blood pressure, high heart rate, and they'll, they're, they have headaches. They feel like they're, you know, um, lightheaded and they're, you know, they feel like their heart is pounding out of their chest. Um, so yeah, everyone presents differently, unfortunately. So and right now, the gold standard testing that we have for is a tilt table test that you can get through your cardiologist. Um, but unfortunately, I think there's a lot of um, 
there's just, there's just such a poor understanding. And because so many people present differently, I think sometimes people, when they don't test negative for the tilt table test based on the criteria, they'll be discredited a lot. When I think in reality, you probably just have a milder form of dysautonomia. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, right now we just don't have very good testing. And like, besides the tilt table test, it's just like ruling out other causes. So like, you know, mm-hmm. echocardiograms and EKGs and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's a very, very poorly understood disease. And I think I went through periods of like getting misdiagnosed and things like that it took me several years. Um, so that's something that I struggled with and it's, it's very debilitating. I, you know, it comes along with low blood pressure, so you can't really stand up. You can't really go anywhere. Um, you can't shower because you'll get lightheaded in the shower. Um, you can't go for walks. You can't exercise. I have a patient, I've had uh, patients with POTS and they can, they couldn't even exercise. They couldn't any type of, you know, movement, you know, just, they had to get out of the bed, like super, super slowly. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, they couldn't, you know, like you said, walk to the mailbox, you know? Yeah. Or like even going to the, I remember when I was really sick, like I was afraid to go to the bathroom because I was afraid I would like pass out on my way there. You know what I mean? It's just extremely debilitating. So um, so I experienced that. And then the Hashimoto's like, it was just kind of weird to me. Cause like, um, I being like 20, like 23 years old and being like really thin and fit and being diagnosed with like a hypothyroid disorder just like, didn't make sense to me. Cause like we're, we're taught in conventional medicine, like hypothyroid, like you're often overweight, you're cold intolerant, you have brittle hair, you have all these things. And I like, didn't fit that mold. So unfortunately I was misdiagnosed for a long time as well, because my thyroid labs would come back normal, like my TSH and T4, but no one would ever check my antibodies until I went to a functional medicine practitioner, like my TPO antibodies were like through the roof. So, you know, again, then that's whenever my symptoms started to make sense. Um, and then the other thing was um, the small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Um, I think at the time we, I was doing breath tests and I would always test negative. Um, but then I did stool tests, like functional, like, um, functional medicine stool tests, like the GI map, but then, and then my, then my streptococcus was like super elevated. So I'm like, okay, so this makes sense. So I think, you know, unfortunately we, we have some great testing in conventional medicine, but I think sometimes you need a, to be a little bit more aggressive and have more like detailed labs because I think a lot of people like me will fall, fall through the cracks. Yeah. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey guys, if you are interested in having a consultation with me and actually see me one-on-one, the Chef Doc Lifestyle Medicine uh, practice has partnered with Plant-Based Telehealth and uh, we offer uh, lifestyle medicine consultations. So you'll be able to see me one-on-one and uh, I can go over your health history and seeing what we can do to fill in the gaps. Uh, we can talk about your physical health, anything from food to lifestyle, to diet, to setting up your kitchen, to cooking preparation, to grocery shopping, to your mental health. Um, I think it's important that we build our emotional resilience to talking about your sleep and how to stay hydrated and what are the best uh, medicines if necessary, what are the best supplementations if necessary. And we do all this in a very concise manner and it's a conversation. I take the time out to listen. I take the time out to really understand you from the ground up and to look at all aspects um, of your physical, emotional, and mental health. And um, please, you know, uh, drop me a line, schedule an appointment if you want to see me one-on-one. And um, I am very, very looking forward to learning more about you. And again, thank you so much for visiting uh, here. 
uh, at the Chef Doc. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. So yeah, so um, that's kind of like my experience with it. And I went through a lot of trial and error and I tried so many different things, but it wasn't until I focused on my diet and, you know, focus on low, lowering my fat intake and focusing on like a hyper nourishing diet that I was really able to get better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, similarly with a lot of other, you know, we call them syndromes, you know, in mm-hmm. the, in the medical community where, or we call them diagnosis of exclusion, you know, mm-hmm. like irritable bowel syndrome, um, dysfunctional uterine bleeding, you know, things like that. It's just, you can't really figure it out until it's like the last resort, you know, type of diagnosis. And, you know, sometimes it, for me, it's like, you feel kind of guilty. It's kind of like half of it is like, I think this is what it is. And then the other half is like, it's kind of, you know, the last thing that I thought of, you know, I can't really think of anymore, you know, and on one side as a provider, it doesn't make me feel good to not have the answers for the patient. Right. And on the flip side, as a patient, and being a patient and the provider and playing both half of the coin, um, you know, it can be very debilitating, mentally exhausting, you know, needing to go, you know, before COVID is running around to every doctor's office or subspecialist waiting, you know, for months or weeks for an appointment um, only to get less than like 10 minutes or 15 minutes if you're lucky, um, you know, of that time doing a barrage of, you know, different types of lab work, um, you know, that's covered, not covered, out of pocket. So there's a lot of, you know, frustrations that patients go through. So I'm, you know, very happy to hear that, you know, you've kind of put yourself in a position, you know, from firsthand experience to say like, hey, you know, I know it's hard, you know, um, this is where my niche is, how can I help you, you know, um, is that pretty much how it became the, the direction and the foundation to what you do now? Yeah, I just noticed there's like a, a huge gap and like people and their knowledge on how to heal from dysautonomia or how to like, you know, reduce a lot of their symptoms. And I think for me, honestly, it kind of merged into a niche simply because I was getting a lot of questions about it. I was like, okay, so this is this is something that people need help with. And if I focus on this, you know, I, I can help those people. Because I just, I mean, there's a lot of people who focus on like gut health and um, thyroid conditions and things like that, but not a lot on dysautonomia. I think it's one of those like kind of, um, things that like people are just not really aware of. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you were talking, you were giving examples of different kinds of auto, um, immune conditions. What would you say if you can name some of them? Um, because I know from your website, you have a, a, a list of them. Uh, what is the common denominator that you've learned, you know, that they share, you know, is there a common denominator? And if there is, you know, what, what are they, you know, as a contribution to how they manifest. So I really, so I I wasn't taught this in any of my training. I'm not sure if you were either, but um, I read books that talked about like the root cause of a lot of autoimmune conditions is actually viral. And, you know, I went to the literature and I found so many articles linking like uh, the Epstein-Barr virus to lupus and Hashimoto's. And I think Harvard just recently came out with an article linking the Epstein-Barr virus to multiple sclerosis. So I think, you know, a lot of autoimmune conditions are actually viral. And, you know, I think also, I think unfortunately in conventional medicine, like when we don't know the answer to something, we often put the blame on the patient. And so, and I think that's kind of like, maybe, it's, you know, maybe it's all in your head or maybe your body's attacking itself. It's when the they worst say thing you could do. The worst thing. But I, think, I don't think I've ever said that to a patient ever. <laughs> thank you. But I think that's the problem. And I think what happens is, it's, you know, 
I think the thing of what happens is physicians, especially like you guys go through so much training. You guys dedicate like a minimum of like 10 to 12 years of your life to your training and your residency and your profession. And then physicians go out into the world and then they have a patient come in with symptoms that they have never learned about through their intensely rigorous training. And the only thing that a lot of physicians say, is like, well, I don't know what's wrong with you. I don't know what to say. Maybe it's all in your head. You know, yeah. <laughs> I think that just like causes so much emotional damage to the patient. Right. Yeah. Um, because it's like, why would I fake being sick? Like, I want to get better. Like, why would you, yeah. why would you say that to me? I think that's kind of where I, I, and I, I hate this, but it's like, we blame a lot of things on autoimmune conditions. The theory has never been proven by science. It's just a theory that someone came up with and said, you know, we don't know what's causing these symptoms. Maybe the body's attacking itself. So then we blame it on the patient. Sorry. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Your body's attacking itself. But I think with more and more evidence coming out, we were so much, we were seeing so much evidence linking viruses and pathogens to autoimmune conditions. So I think, um, you know, for me, I think the plant-based diet, plant-based diet, especially it supported my immune system so much that mm. I was able to fight off these, you know, low grade viral infections, these reactivated, you know, Epstein-Barr virus and things like that to kind of, you know, get rid of my symptoms. And, you know, in my functional medicine testing, I did test positive for Epstein-Barr virus. You know, I did test positive for these things. So I think what I, what I tell a lot of my clients is, you know, we do order Epstein-Barr virus like panels um, mm-hmm. to see if they've had a history of an infection. And sometimes people, their, um, their titers will be elevated as well um, to show, or their um, panel will show a reactivation of the Epstein-Barr virus. And that way I can kind of pinpoint that that's more of like a viral issue than anything. And then we focus on the immune system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think going back to the, you know, it's all in your head. I think uh, one of the things is it's very hard to let go of our ego and our pride um, <laughs> to say to say that, I just don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I wish they would you know? just say that. I wish um, I wish providers would feel comfortable saying like, I believe you. I just don't know how to help you. But mm-hmm. I think unfortunately, like mm-hmm. in, in medical training is so rigorous and so intense. And I think people feel ashamed for not knowing the answer when I think yeah. it's just okay to not know the answer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And especially, you know, when you are faced with a lot of pressure, high expectations, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's from the medical community or your family and friends, um, and essentially the buck stops with us, right? So it's, uh, it's an enormous amount of pressure that we don't actually mm-hmm. pay attention to, you know, think about. Um, and like you said, be okay and say, like, I don't know, I've said that plenty of times, you yeah. know, but let me help you. Let me try to find someone who does right that is more well skilled um you know or has had more time in this than i have right there's nothing wrong with saying that you know um and so uh, that makes a lot of sense on why you went into nursing you know to kind of understand from the patient's point of view you know um you know the different you know emotional especially the mental emotional side of it of what they go through when they're battling with a illness so Mm -hmm. um so when you get to that point, let's go deeper into, you know, using plant-based diets. You know, we talk a lot on this podcast, um, you know, about plant-powered eating. What is it, you know, from your perspectives that you've learned about gut health and immune system and how that plays into auto autoimmune conditions? So, you know, I think uh, autoimmune conditions are like multifactorial, obviously, but I think, um, I think, First, the thing, the first thing that I address, which I think most practitioners do as well as gut health. I think um, 
digestion is huge. If you're not absorbing nutrients, you're not healing. And if you're not eliminating toxins, you're reabsorbing them. So I think that's an incredible, incredibly important place to start. Um, so yeah, I definitely focus on gut health first. And um, obviously, I think fruits and vegetables are the healthiest foods you could put in your body. Um, we're t- constantly telling our kids that, you know, eat your fruits and vegetables. And I think sometimes we forget that as adults, like, some certain diets can be so complicated, right? Like, oh, you can only have this or not that. But it's like, if you just keep it really, really simple and eat an abundance of hyper nourishing foods like fruits and vegetables, you can heal a lot of your symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think gut health is huge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, my next question is, is uh, what do you prepare, you know, for yourself? You know, what 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 does Dr. Sitar <laughs> eat in a day? <laughs> um, so I do lemon water every 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 morning and throughout the day. Um, I do celery juice every morning. I love celery juice. I think it's really high in sodium. And, um, and it's excellent for digestion. And I think it was central for healing my pots because it's essentially salt water, but like healthy salt water. So um, it just gives me lots of energy. And then I'll have a fruit smoothie. And that will usually be like, um, bananas, berries, orange juice, um, things like that. And then lunch will probably be a big salad. Um, And I'm like, a I, I don't want to brag, but I make really good salads. <laughs> and uh, we have and, to we have to invite you back for a a, a food demo. So okay, yeah, I think the biggest thing like with salads, I make I put lots of fresh herbs in it and different textures of fruits and vegetables, cucumbers, tomatoes, asparagus, onion, um, things like that. And then dinner is usually something cooked. Um, I really love potatoes in any form. Um, sweet potatoes, roasted veggies. Um, sometimes if I do go out for dinner, it might be like some like vegan sushi. Um, but yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome. Explain the lemon water. Why lemon water? Um, again, I think it's really great for digestion. It helps to stimulate bile production. So it helps kind of cleanse the liver, kind of kickstarts on digestion in the morning, especially. Um, and yeah, it just feels really good. And I think, um, you know, I try and make a point to drink filtered water, but I think, you know, filtering water also removes the minerals in it that help you absorb water. So I think adding some kind of something with minerals, it could be like trace mineral drops that you can buy from the store, but, um, I'm really cheap. So I just tend to put those minerals back with like lemon juice or lime juice or cucumbers or fresh herbs or something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I make it a point to make, you know, a fresh smoothie every single day, uh, for me and my family. So, Mm -hmm. and quite honestly, it's, I, if I don't do that, I don't get enough servings. It's, Mm -hmm. it's almost, it's very, very, very hard, you know, because, you know, being a plant either, it takes time, you know, you're working, you know, those, those chewing muscles way more. (laughs) Um, and I don't know about you, but it just, it just hurts my jaw. I'm like, I can't, I can't chew anymore, you know? So, you know, but you know, so I, I throw everything into a smoothie, um, which I also tell my patients that, you know, it's important to chew something first because that's how we start the digestion process, not just drink everything first. So, um, uh, shifting gears a little bit, do you find um, in terms of counseling for your autoimmune patients um, or people who have experienced POTS, what about other pillars of you know health like physical activity, sleep, hydration? Have you is there anything in the literature or from your you know experience that has helped um, your patients um, kind of build their immune system a little bit better? Yeah, so I think sleep is huge. Um, I think one of the, the first two things if my patient has like 
multiple issues going on. I think the first thing that I focus on like are adrenal health, sleep and digestion. Like those three things I think are like foundational to, you know, kind of healing the body. Um, and if they can't sleep, you know, obviously non-pharmacological measures like, you know, reducing screen time and things like that and meditation. But if that's not quite enough, then definitely like um, sleep herbs, like, you know, passion flower and things like that or melatonin. Um, and then, yeah, so I think that's huge. I'm not really big on encouraging people to exercise when they're chronically ill. Cause I think that just um, wipes them out, especially people with pots, right? You're not going to like tell someone who can barely get out of bed to go run a mile. Right. Um, and I think, you know, I think it's just really important to listen to the body. And I think unfortunately in our society, we're always taught to like, at least I was taught push through, like, you know, power through, like, you know, it's okay if you're exhausted. And I think that's just a recipe for disaster. I've never heard of that before. That's like <laughs> the first time. No pain, no pain, no gain. What yeah, no pain, no gain. I think it's a load of garbage. I think it's really important to be very um, loving and nurturing to your body and listen to it. So when you're tired, I think you should just sleep. I don't think you should tough it out and push through, especially when you're chronically ill. You know, of course, if you're healthy and you want to like go to the gym and stuff, by all means, like push yourself. But if you're, if you're, you know, dealing with chronic illness, definitely don't. Um, if they are capable of doing some kind of light exercise, I do just recommend simple walking. <laughs> I, I know it sounds silly, but I think walking, just being outside in nature is like so, so healing. And if they do, if they can tolerate it, I love rebounding, like jumping on a mini trampoline. I think it's actually for the lymphatic system. I think NASA did a study when found that like rebounding is more beneficial for the body than like running. Um, so that's something I do every day. Like, um, yeah. Wait, so, so just bouncing on a trampoline? Mini trampoline, just do it for like 10 minutes a day. So I like to think about it as one, to get the lymphatic you know, system going. And unfortunately we're, our, our bodies are so filled with toxins, right? So like simple exercise or walking just is not enough to circulate or circulate our lymphatic system. And I like to think of it as like, um, when you're bouncing, you're kind of like jiggling out toxins out of your lymph nodes <laughs> is what I tell my class. Like just imagine every time you're bouncing, you're just jiggling out toxins and you're just getting them out, getting them out of there. So, um, yeah, it's, it's yeah i really love it and it's really fun you just like put on some music and bounce for 10 minutes so yeah <laughs> awesome. i've been to a trampoline park and it wiped me out after like five <laughs> minutes it's actually exhausting to, yeah. to bounce around it's exhausting yeah um, i think the little mini trampolines you don't get as much height so yeah. it's not like you're using your whole body so yeah that's true that's true <laughs> Um, but that's a very important part, um, point, um, is the physical activity with the chronic, um, illnesses, especially the autoimmune, especially with this, uh, autonomia, um, because it's, you know, very, very, um, important to understand that the nervous system, the adrenals, uh, the cardiovascular is a little bit at a disarray and we don't want it to kind of put it, you know, more, more out of disarray. So, um, so in terms of timeline, you know, just a thought, you know, when you're counseling patients and you're seeing them progress and evolve over time and heal, it, it, does it take a long time or is it more of like an individual journey? Um, is a very like gradual process? You know, what is that journey? What is, what is that uh, journey been like, you know, for you? Um, whether it's, you know, for a patient or for yourself, is it just a very long process just so people can understand that it's not an overnight thing, right? Because we're so used to things and expecting things, you know, happening, you know, quickly. And that's not how medicine works. You know, I yeah. still have to talk about this all the time. So <laughs> um, that's a great question. I think in regards to dysautonomia, it can take months to over a year. 
Um, Cause I think again, like people with dys- dysautonomia or POTS don't just have that. I get, I have not had one patient that just has dysautonomia. Usually they have eczema and anxiety and digestive issues and so many other things going on. So that's, it's not like a one size fits all. I think it can, it takes a really long time um, in regards to like digestive issues or like Hashimoto's. I think those take a little, those are a little bit more quick um, depending on the severity and things like that. Usually what happens is a lot of my clients will, um, start with being on medications, whether they're hyper or hypo, depending on what kind of medication they are. And then eventually their symptoms will improve after a month or two. And then we can ask their, you know, their prescriber to wean them off their medication or cut back on the dose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so my second and last question is, is that, you know, if someone's watching, you know, they may have experienced, you know, a, a condition that we've mentioned, um, or, you know, that you've, uh, they've gone on your website, um, before coming to you, um, to be more on a individualized, you know, plan, um, what are like three takeaways, um, or habits or lifestyle action steps you can tell them to start implementing, um, you know, as a daily, daily, you know, thing, or is it, you know, seek me out, you know, consult, let me sit down and have an individualized plan. Like, is there, is there like a proactiveness to this? Because, you know, like how, how would you go about that? Great, great, great question. Um, so I think, um, little, I think just little lifestyle changes. I think lemon water first thing in the morning, I think that's like, it's cheap. It's easy. Like it takes five seconds to do it. Um, I think that's a great place to start. I think having fruit for breakfast is a great place to start as well. I think smoothies are great. Cause like you said, you could put so many things in a smoothie and like, you would never eat like three bananas and a cup of berries and a cup of mangoes for breakfast. Like you just want it. But when you blend it up, you'll probably drink the whole thing in 10 minutes. Yeah. So I think um, smoothies are a great place to start. I think, re- you know, removing inflammatory foods, this doesn't have to be a forever thing, but I think, you know, removing things like dairy and, um, you know, gluten and things like that is huge for a lot of people. I think a lot of people get immediate relief and I know it's really sad to pr- kind of break up with those foods. Um, but I think, you know, you can make a lot of progress if you remove those, at least just temporarily while you heal. Um And I think sleep, I think that's a really undervalued thing Uh, and stress reduction. I think it's really important. I think unfortunately women, um, we have a hard time saying no to people. So we end up doing a million things. I think mothers are like very guilty of this. Um, Like they just don't prioritize their own health. So I think setting boundaries and, you know, asking for help when you need it and um, reducing stress is really, really important because your body can't heal when it's in fight or flight. You just can't. So Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, and then my last question is, you know, this podcast is about thriving. Um, anything that we haven't mentioned today that you do in your personal, uh, time, um, in order to continue to thrive, um, for yourself? Um, personally, I think setting boundaries, I think, um, my, uh, I grew up, you know, I think unfortunately I'm a nurse. I like to do things for other people. Right. So I'm constantly taking care of others. And then also I'm like a woman. So I think that just also predisposes me to doing a million things for other people. I think also I'm a middle Eastern. So I think also like I'm very, my parents have very high expectations of me. So I think, um, I think setting boundaries is huge for me. It's something I didn't really grow up with. So um, kind of enforcing the boundaries is huge because I think that put a lot of stress on me and just kind of like trying to live up to the expectations of others um, is really stressful. Um, I'm sure you can identify this with this as well. Um, immigrant parents, man, they're just so intense. <laughs> 
Yeah, we were talking about my friend. Um, they are intense. Um, you know, uh, I come from a Chinese heritage and background, so they have their own version of intensity. So, um, but either way, it's intense, right? It's pressure. It's, you know, just kind of things that are set out before you like came into this world right and you're like whoa 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 you know i just you know let me let me just try to you know explore around and kind of get my feet wet you know a little bit before you know i tackle these things you know if i want to tackle them so right yeah so i think boundaries is huge for me okay cool um so dr sitar thank you so much for taking the time out um, and going deep into, you know, um, and sharing your healing journey and what you do. And I think it's an incredible, incredible, you know, service, um, you know, especially this subset of people um, that in a way are forgotten, neglected, falling through the cracks, like you said. Um, so it's a very, very, you know, um, you know, I, I definitely, uh, you know, applaud you for, you know, going into it. So thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> How do people find you? How do they, you know, seek a consultation? How do they make an appointment? Yeah. So um, you can go to my website, healwithsitar.com. Um, I have all my clients set up a free 20 minute discovery call with me. And that way we can make sure that we're a good fit. Um, that's just another way for me to make sure the patient is stable enough to kind of undergo like more natural healing. Um, so yeah, um, we'll do that. And then, um, yeah, you can make an uh, appointment for that if you'd like. Um, I, you can also um, reach out to me on Instagram, um, Dr. Sitar NP. Um, I'm also on TikTok, but I don't post anything there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think you will, you will. You're gonna put all your food. You're gonna put all your food up there. That's what you're gonna do. That's a good idea. I really should. I need to get on that. But yeah, I think uh, my website or my Instagram is probably the best place to get in contact with me. Definitely, definitely. And we'll um, th those will be in the show notes when this episode airs. So um, Dr. Sitar, thank you so much um, again for coming on with us and for doing what you do. So uh, th uh, thank you and keep doing your, your, your great work and continuing to show up. So thank you. <laughs> guys thank you so much for watching another episode of thrive bites podcast um if you like this uh, please like subscribe and comment and if you find that this is a benefit for someone else please let them know and until then please say goodbye to dr sitar <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, thank you so much for watching that episode. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you like this, please like, follow, and subscribe. And please follow us for the latest updates for this season, season five. And if you feel that this was a benefit for someone else, please let them know. And please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and YouTube. And thank you so much again. And we will see you on the next one.